0: I've always been skeptical of the notion that the liberal media are full of pedos, until I saw the mad vitriol with which the media have been attacking Jim Caviezel's new movie about child sex trafficking, The Sound of Freedom. This film is being marketed to either specific QAnon believers or to people who believe all of the same tenets as QAnon, but claim they don't know what it is. And The Sound of Freedom does focus on a real issue of sex trafficking. Uh, but that theme, it, it's sort of like that kernel of truth that feeds the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, tell us how those two things work together. Sure. And the most durable and the most believable conspiracy theories are not entirely false. There's something in them that is true and the rest of it is false. But the believers point to the one true thing and they say, oh, you don't believe that this particular thing is true. In terms of child trafficking, we know trafficking is real. We know it has real victims. No one is denying that. But these films are created out of moral panics. They're created out of bogus statistics. They're created out of fear. And with something like Sound of Freedom, it specifically is looking at on concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run by the high-level elites. The QAnon, QAnon, QAnon. The libs are furious. The movie hit over $18 million in its box office opening six days ago. It's already grossed over $40 million within a week. It is a certified hit. So desperate to convince people to stop seeing it, the media are now trying to link the movie to QAnon. Washington Post, quote, Sound of Freedom is a box office hit whose star embraces QAnon, The Guardian. Sound of Freedom, the QAnon-adjacent thriller seducing America. And Rolling Stone, Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. The QAnon-tinged thriller about child trafficking is designed to appeal to the conscience of a conspiracy-addled boomer. Now- I don't know much about QAnon. The only people I ever hear really talk about QAnon are the liberal media. I run in lots of conservative circles all over the country. I don't hear about it. I turn on CNN for five seconds. It's all they talk about. But what's really strange about this coverage is that the movie is based on a true story. It's the story of how a real guy, Tim Ballard, rescued kids from sex trafficking. So the libs are saying that a true story, an indisputably true story, is QAnon adjacent, which means some people really do believe in QAnon. The liberal media, who spent the whole weekend inadvertently insisting that the theory is true. I'm Michael Knowles. It's The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. What a weekend. We we saw the criminal complaint against the anarchists who tried to blow me up at Pittsburgh. I was hosting a or I was appearing at a campus event at the University of Pittsburgh. There was lots of madness around it, and the school tried to shut it down and the legislators tried to shut it down. And I knew that there were some wackos on the streets setting me on fire and effigy and all that kind of stuff. I didn't realize until I read this criminal complaint from the DOJ just how. Uh, serious it was. So we'll get to that in one second. First, though, I don't, I don't want to move on too fast from the liberal fury that uh, Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard are exposing pedo rings. Because they're saying it's all a crazy conspiracy theory. It's the QAnon, about which I know pretty much nothing. QAnon, from what I can tell, is this crazy conspiracy theory that there is an elite pedophile ring that involves some of the wealthiest and most influential people in the world. And uh, just apropos of nothing, uh, here is an interview that uh, has recently come out from one of Jeffrey Epstein's victims. I have uh, spent the last 17 years in my own prison for what she, Jeffrey, and all the co-conspirators did to me. I was raped repeatedly. I was raped three times a day sometimes. And I was not the only girl on that island. There was a constant stream of girls being raped over and over and over again. And yes, Ghislaine must die in prison because I've been in hell and back for the last 17 years. And 27 for me. I was 10 years old when Liz Stein was being trafficked. I was 10. That is how long the sex trafficking ring has been going on for what is the claim of the liberal media here? They just slap this label, QAnon, QAnon, whatever that is, the thing that you've only ever heard about from the liberal media. But what are they actually saying? They're denying the existence of sex trafficking? No, you heard the CNN lady admit no sex trafficking is a real problem. Are they not denying the existence of elite sex trafficking rings? They probably are because the liberal media tried to kill the Jeffrey Epstein story. But we know the Jeffrey Epstein story is real. We know that Jeffrey Epstein was palling around with the most powerful people on earth, prime ministers, presidents, uh, royalty, uh, major financiers, heads of industry, we know that he had his own James Bond villain-esque private island in the Caribbean where he was bringing an endless slew of young girls. He was partnering with, with major modeling head honchos and bringing these young girls through the island to engage in weird sex stuff with the most influential people in the world. So then, then we know that Jeffrey Epstein was arrested and mysteriously killed himself after multiple cameras malfunctioned and multiple jail employees just forgot to do their job or fell asleep on the job. What's the conspiracy theory? I don't. Here's the here's the only conspiracy that that we haven't really solved yet. All all of it is so far in the open. The question is, who's in Jeffrey Epstein's black book? Isn't that kind of weird? Isn't it weird that we started to prosecute Jeffrey Epstein, we did prosecute Ghislaine Maxwell, and we still don't know who his clients were? Don't expect to hear about that on the the liberal media. We're not even talking about a regular sex trafficking ring like you see in the Sound of Freedom movie, which is a very good movie, by the way. I watched the movie in an advanced screener. It's very good. I'm not surprised that it's doing huge box office numbers. Not surprised that the libs hate it so much. But I'm- No, I guess I am surprised that they hate it. So I'm not surprised that they hate it. I'm surprised they hate it so much. I'm surprised that they are willing to show their hand this much, that they're not only willing to to cover for Jeffrey Epstein and downplay that story and kill that story when different reporters wanted to to bring it to public attention. But now they're trying to downplay the existence of sex trafficking entirely. They're saying, oh, that's QAnon. That's QAnon. Maybe, Maybe everything that people have said about the liberal media, maybe it's right. Now, when you wanna protect your society as things fall apart, you wanna protect your wealth, you gotta check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898. As central banks in countries such as China, India, and Australia begin looking to transition to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for the US. With a digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products. Officials could easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. You can do that with the help of Birch Gold. They are who I get my gold from. So do thousands of other concerned savers. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Protect your savings with gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of happy customers. Text Knowles, K W L E S to 989898. 98 98. Get your free info kit on gold. If a central bank digital currency becomes a reality, it will be nice to have some gold to depend upon. Text Knowles, K W L E S to 989898. 98 98. Major culture win for the right, this movie, Sound of Freedom. Another major culture win for the right. The hits just keep on coming for Bud Light. Transheiser Bush. Bud Light is now out of the top 10 American beers, took another hit in the ratings. There was a YouGov survey of the top 10 beers in America. Bud Light had previously been number nine, so it was the number one best-selling beer in America, and then in popular opinion, it was the number nine favorite beer. It's now dropped down to 14. It hasn't bottomed out yet. Uh, I think we're going to have to introduce a segment on this show, which is the Bud Light update because Bud Light thought they could weather the storm. It would take a week or two. Their, their market cap would drop, but then they would rebound. No big deal. They wouldn't have to apologize. They wouldn't have to address anything. They could just blow past their embracing of transgenderism, and that hasn't happened. Bud Light continues to drop in sales, in popularity. It hasn't bottomed out yet. So we're going to we have to introduce this new segment, It'll be, we probably will have to do it off of YouTube because you're not allowed to talk about important issues on YouTube anymore. So maybe we'll have to do it over at Daily Wire Plus if you're not a member there, if you're not uh, watching at the YouTube channel, or uh, rather at the, the Twitter channel. Make sure you do that at M. Knowles Show. Now, speaking of wins, we got some legal wins too, also on the topic of transgenderism. Tennessee passes a law saying you can't trans the kids. You can't pump them full of puberty blockers. You can't sterilize them. You can't chop their body parts off. Seems like basic stuff. There was a court that then came in and said, absolutely not. I'm going to put a stay on this law, this evil transphobic law, because our Constitution protects the sacred right of seven-year-olds to chop off their genitals. Our James Madison, he framed our Constitution. The Founding Fathers fought the Revolutionary War for the right of creepy parents, and sexual predator teachers to trans the little kids. That's what we fought the revolution for. So he, he issues a stay in the law. Well, now an appeals court has overturned the injunction against the Tennessee law prohibiting the transing of kids. Is that enough layers for you? Or are you confused enough yet? A US Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit ruled against that preliminary injunction. They came out and they said, uh, this, and this was after the AG in Tennessee, Jonathan Scremetti, who's a terrific AG, he filed a motion for an emergency stay. Says if the injunction remains in place during the appeal, Tennessee will suffer irreparable harm from its inability to enforce the will of its legislature to further the public health considerations undergirding the law and to avoid irreversible health risks to children. This according to Chief Judge Jeffrey Sutton, who's a Bush appointee, who wrote, Tennessee is likely to succeed on its appeal of the preliminary injunction. So obviously, the Tennessee legislators have a right to say, hey, you're not allowed to turn seven-year-olds into eunuchs, right? Obviously, they have that right. This liberal activist judge Wielded his power to say, no, you don't, completely against certainly the natural law, but even against the uh, fair reading of the constitutional law and the civil law. And now this appeals judge comes in and says, no, we're going to overturn your injunction. It's just a reminder that we've got to wield power. It's a reminder that we've got to win elections so that we can appoint judges so we can wield power. Because I remember back in the Tea Party era when I was coming up in politics, I remember a lot of Idealistic young conservatives, we believed that if we just read the Constitution clearly enough, if we just persuaded our fellow citizens with a sufficiently winsome and articulate argument about what the Constitution really says and means, that they would just go along with it. But they won't. They're going to respond to power And the way you get power is you win elections and then you fire your opponents and your enemies and you fill those positions with your allies and people who are on the right side of things. And that's what we're seeing here. A Bush appointed, had George W. Bush not won the 2000 election or maybe the 2004 election, I don't know which which, uh, administration he was appointed in, but certainly at least the 2000, we wouldn't have gotten this judge. And probably kids would continue to be trans today. These effects are much longer term than a lot of us often think about. Speaking of major cultural shifts, this is really great news. Uh, It's coming out of NBC. Headline, conservative influencers are pushing an anti-birth control message alarmist statements about hormonal birth control go viral on social media. But experts say they're not showing the full picture. Who are the experts? Because the the conservative influencers who are pushing the anti-birth control message, I'm sorry to say I'm not included in this article. I wish I'm pushing an anti-birth control message, but I'm not included in the article. And the reason is the article is focused almost entirely on women, focusing on Alex Clark over there at uh, TPUSA, focusing on Ashley St. Clair, Who's a conservative influencer focusing on? Let's see, how many others? I won't. I won't go through and reread the entire article, but focusing on a lot of these conservative gals who are saying, "Yeah, I was on birth control. I'm not." I'm, Nothing not being specific to Alex Clark and Ashley St. Clair. I don't know about their specific experience with birth control. But there are a lot of conservative women who say, I was on birth control and it messed me up. And I went kind of crazy and maybe I had fertility problems as a result of it. And the more studies I read about this, the more I realize that there are serious risks to birth control. And I promise you, if you're listening to this show right now, you've either experienced this or you at the very least know somebody who's experienced these kind of questions and who are now raising doubts about birth control. And the libs hate this the libs hate that we're we're moving toward a less contraceptive society. And it's not just on the pill or the patch or the devices that young girls are persuaded to, to insert into themselves so that they can be used by men to have casual sex without, without getting married, without having children, without any consequences for it. it. It's beyond mere birth control. The same people who are furious that conservative women are pushing against birth control, are also furious that the Supreme Court made it a little bit harder to kill babies through abortion. They're the same people who are pushing euthanasia for the elderly and the poor and the homeless and the mentally ill. They're the same people who are pushing the sterilization of children through all these eunuch-making procedures that they call transgenderism. It's all the same thing, and I can't help but notice The end is always the same, which is fewer people. Because these guys, the leftists, the sexual revolutionaries who are pushing all of these social pathologies, they just seem to hate people. Or at the very least, they're being used by vessels of entities that hate people. It's always the same end. And it's a reminder for conservatives. You know, there were a lot of conservatives who would argue, and pro-lifers. They would say, look, we just want to... And abortion. We're not going to touch contraception. We're not going to touch, uh, I don't know, artificial insemination. We're not going to touch IVF. We're not going to touch surrogacy. We're not going to touch this, that, or the other thing. And I understand tactically why they say the killing of babies in the womb is, is much more urgent and dire and dangerous than these other issues. But you can't neatly separate all of these issues. It's, it's all of a piece with the sexual revolution. The the culture that treats sex very casually and that suggests that we have a right to sex absent the consequence of pregnancy is going to be a culture that's more likely to engage in abortion. The culture that embraces radical individualism and selfishness and libertinism in one area of sexual matters is going to embrace it in another, and that's going to result in abortion. And furthermore, We're all complaining about the the pride movement, and the pride movement has become much less popular than it used to be. You're seeing this in a drop. Gallup polling and the the values survey that it gives out showed a significant drop in support for the pride coalition in just one year. So a lot of people are turning on it. A lot of mothers, a lot of parents in, in schools. That's how Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia. That's how Ron DeSantis won in Florida. Well, I think people now are beginning to look back And they're saying, look, it's not just transing the kids, it's transgenderism more broadly. This was the point of my CPAC speech. And it's not just transgenderism, it's the redefinition of marriage. And it's not just the redefinition of marriage, it's the whole way that we view sex. Why did Gallup show a seven-point drop in support for same-sex relations of any kind? Because people are beginning to pull on the thread of transing the kids and realizing that Because ideas have consequences, bad consequences come from bad ideas. And so they're going all the way back. And forget redefining marriage or whatever. You go all the way back to the beginning of the sexual revolution. And you go all the way back to contraception. There were two cases, Eisenstadt and Griswold. First was Griswold in 1965. Then Eisenstadt comes around in 1972, the year before Roe v. Wade. And Griswold finds a right to condoms within a marriage. Where is that in the Constitution? I have no idea, but some libs on the court discovered that magically in 1965. But they said, but there is no right to condoms outside of marriage. Then seven years later, the court discovers, oh, actually there was more invisible ink in the Constitution. And actually there is a right to condoms outside of marriage. Okay. Maybe you like condoms. Maybe you don't like condoms. I don't know where you're going to find that in the Constitution. I think a lot of people are beginning to notice that the contraceptive mentality is the beginning of the pride mentality, because the contraceptive mentality divorces sex from the consequences of sex. It introduces a sterile sexual ethic, which is exactly what gave us the pride movement. There's no distinction here. If you can't read between the lines, the conclusion that one draws is that condoms are kind of gay. (laughs) To put it as bluntly as possible, okay? And it's not a coincidence that female conservative influencers noticed by NBC News are beginning to pick up on that. Bad ideas can have a very long run, but eventually, and this is the conservative consolation, reality reasserts itself in the end, and people are beginning to realize. Okay, if I don't like this insane, anarchistic view of sex that is totally self-centered and divorced from any ends whatsoever, well, then maybe I got to rewind it and ask, well, what is the point of sex? Just why? It's not going to be the patriarchy that's coming for your consequence-free birth control. It's not going to be the men. It's the men, frankly, are huge supporters of. of birth control and contraception, because it allows them to have consequence-free sex. It's going to be those conservative women. That's who's coming for it. NBC News is right to be worried. Now, speaking of the boudoir, how are you sleeping? Maybe you want to check out Helix Sleep. Right now, go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles. With everything going on in the world right now, you could really use a good night's sleep. That is why you got to check out Helix Mattress. Helix has harnessed years of extensive mattress expertise to bring their customers a truly elevated sleep experience. They just launched their new Helix Elite. The Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. I've had my Helix for about three years now. I absolutely adore this bed. Night after night, I sleep like a sweet little baby. I want the same for you. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. Because why would you buy a mattress that was made for someone else? Why do you want to get into my mattress, huh? I'm a married guy. You need to get your own mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles. Take their two-minute sleep quiz to find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Their flexible payment plans make it so that a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for my listeners. Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Knowles with Helix. Better sleep starts now. When Dr. Jordan B. Peterson made the decision to join Daily Wire Plus, it was a major win for those who champion free speech and intellectual debate. With one year of unparalleled output, his contributions have set new standards and remained unmatched by any other platform. Daily Wire Plus now has a vast array of exclusive Jordan Peterson content, offering hundreds of hours of captivating content you won't find anywhere else. Jordan has created thought-provoking works that reshape your perspective on life which include Vision and Destiny, Marriage and Dragons, Monsters and Men. Additionally, you can immerse yourself in discussions that nurture your spiritual side, such as Logos and Literacy and Jordan's groundbreaking series on the book of Exodus. That's only the beginning. I haven't even mentioned his Beyond Order lecture series or his extensive archive of lectures and podcasts. This is the absolute compendium of all things Jordan. Plus, there's even more new exclusive content on the horizon. This is only the beginning. By becoming a Daily Wire Plus member, you will embark on an unforgettable experience that will fuel your thirst for knowledge and inspire personal growth like never before. Go to dailywire.com/slash subscribe to become a member today. Speaking of the sexual revolution, major pop culture story that I am being forced to know about is that's how social media work. I would not. Have, I barely know who Jonah Hill is. I did not know that Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen were different people until about three years ago. And they're different people now. Seth Rogen's a huge lib. Jonah Hill, I assume, is a big lib too. But I actually think, based on the leaked text messages, they're creating a huge Hollywood tempest in a teapot. Jonah Hill might be one of the most normal people in Hollywood. What came out was a series of private text messages leaked by Jonah Hill's ex-girlfriend portraying him as an emotionally abusive monster. This, after Jonah Hill announces that he's had a baby with his girlfriend. So he's not married. He should should marry his girlfriend. Uh, They've just had a baby, and this ex-girlfriend of something like two years ago releases text messages. And this is what she says is an example of emotional abuse. Jonah texts her and says, quote, Plain and simple, if you need surfing with men, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men, to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful, I'm not the right partner for you. If these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for romantic partnership. My boundaries with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. That's it. That's the that's the the example of a an emotionally abusive man. Me- this is one of the most ma- mature romantic treatises I've read in our entire popular media. It's not perfect. I don't like the idea of talking about romance as a partnership. We're just in, we're in a partnership, and I don't I don't like the idea of divorcing romance from the end of marriage and children and all the rest of it. But what he's saying here is, yeah, look, if you wanna if you wanna have boundaryless inappropriate friendships with men. I don't like that. I'm going to be a little bit jealous, just as you would be jealous of me if I were had inappropriate, boundaryless relationships with women. And I I don't like the idea that you've got to post skimpy pictures of yourself on the internet. If you want to do that, you can go do that. I won't be angry at you, but that's not that's not going to work for me. And if we're going to move towards something like marriage, I I just don't want my wife to be doing that. And I I don't want you to put yourself in the near occasion of sin. And you know, I, I wouldn't do that myself either. And I'm not, I'm not yelling at you. I'm not being angry. I'm not threatening you in any way. I'm, you can go your own way. It'll be totally fine. I'm just telling you that's that's where I am. That's very reasonable. That's my, the the only thing that he hasn't done is he he sh, he should man up even further and say, by the way, here's my this is my framework, not only for a relationship, but for marriage. And then we can get married and we can do what married couples do and we can have kids and have a nice family and it'll be a good life. Totally, totally right. She responds to all of this and she says, I hope my ex Jonah Hill has a daughter. Maybe she'll turn him into a real feminist because the fact that he calls himself a feminist now is laughable. And she, that's the one part she's right about. Jonah Hill is obviously not a feminist. He might pretend to be a feminist. He might dress up like a lib and use the language of a lib. But he's not. He's not a feminist. He's a a relatively normal guy. His ex-girlfriend obviously is a feminist. Feminism is wrong. You should reject it. Men, women, anybody in between that supposedly exists nowadays, reject it. It's just The problem with feminism is not that it gives women too much power or whatever. Feminism doesn't give women any power. It deprives women of their power. It's just wrong. The problem with feminism, as is the problem with so many modern ideologies, is that it posits a false anthropology, a false conception of human nature. And so when conservatives inveigh against feminism, it's not because we hate women, quite the opposite. It's because we love women. And it, it doesn't even come from any sort of passion or any sort of personal desire or anything like that. It comes from a rational deduction and empirical observation of human nature and saying, oh, feminism says a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Feminism says that women and men are pretty much the same. And I just know that that isn't true. And so if you pursue feminism, you're going to be miserable and unhappy like Jonah Hill's ex-girlfriend. And if you don't pursue feminism and you pursue normal life and you you recognize that the sexes are complementary rather than indiscernible, you're going to have a better life. Who seems to be doing better right now? Jonah Hill or the ex-girlfriend? Arrest Mike. Right now, go to preborn.com slash Knowles. Last year, because of you, Preborn's network of clinics saved over 58,000 babies. Thank you to all who made this possible. We need to celebrate these precious babies. When Charlotte found out she was pregnant, she was seven weeks along. In the back of her mind, she thought abortion was the best solution. She went into a preborn clinic and after hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her beautiful baby on ultrasound, she chose life. Her heart is filled with gratitude for all of you who made this possible. Just 28 bucks a month can be the difference between the life and death of a child. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears that heartbeat, it is a divine connection that doubles a baby's chance at life. Let's join together, help mothers choose life. To donate, dial pound 250, say keyword baby. That's keyword baby, or go to preborn.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Preborn fundraises separately for all the administrative costs. So every dollar you give goes straight towards saving babies. Go to preborn.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, and donate right now. Now, speaking of wars, not just wars between the sexes, but wars around the world, the Biden administration has decided to send cluster bombs to Ukraine. What are cluster bombs? A lot of people don't know what it is. And the, the moment that any novel or somewhat obscure concept hits the headlines, all of a sudden, everybody's an expert on it. They're all armchair experts who you know, attended Naval War College or something like that. Uh, cluster bombs are a particularly dangerous type of munition that will will blanket a space with... with explosives that have a fairly high fail rate. And so what that means is, if you drop a bunch of cluster munitions all over the countryside, a lot of them might not go off. And so even years after the close of a conflict, you're gonna have a lot of civilians and farmers and travelers getting blown up by these kinds of munitions. This is why Jen Psaki, last year as White House Press Secretary, suggested that cluster bombs might constitute a war crime. There are reports of illegal cluster bombs and vacuum bombs being used by the Russians. Uh, If that's true, what is the next step of this administration? And is there a red line for how much violence uh, will be tolerated against civilians in this manner that's illegal and a t- potentially a war crime. It is. It would be. I don't have any confirmation of that. We have seen the reports. Uh, if if that were true, it would potentially be a war crime. Obviously, there are a range of international fora that would assess that. Um, so certainly, we would look to that to be a part of that conversation. So cluster bombs, intrinsically, might constitute a war crime. And when Gensaki was asked about that, it was in the context, the hypothetical of Russia using cluster bombs. Oh, yes, that might very well be a war crime. Now we are sending cluster bombs to Ukraine. That's not, that's not. Either Joe Biden is admitting that he's a war criminal, or we're saying, no, no, when we do it, it's not a war crime. And the the most honest liberals, the most honest proponents of the war in Ukraine are going to make that argument. They're going to say it's a war crime when Russia does this type of thing, but it's not a war crime when America does this type of thing. And it's probably going to be a difficult argument to make, but maybe somebody can make it. We need that kind of clarity. This has been a major shift in politics in my lifetime. It's been a reckoning with American foreign policy that was pretty much on autopilot since World War II. and Finally, now people on the left and on the right are beginning to look at it a little bit more consciously. Donald Trump did a lot of that. Donald Trump was the first Republican first major Republican presidential candidate in my lifetime, who said the war in Iraq was a bad idea. Now, you might defend George Bush in the war in Iraq. You might say, well, he didn't know. Our intelligence told us that that Saddam Hussein was producing weapons of mass destruction. The intelligence community got it wrong, this, that, or the other thing. You might say it it was the right decision to be made at the time, albeit perhaps on bad information. Some people, I mean, some of the real hardcore neocons will still defend it even with the bad information. But when you, when you look at the war in Iraq, it was the United States aggressing, right? We invaded a country based on what turned out to be a mostly false pretext. When you look at Libya, the invasion of Libya, with the support of NATO in Iraq and in Libya, we just invaded a country because we didn't like what they were doing. Libya wasn't threatening the United States. Libya wasn't threatening NATO nations, This wasn't an Article 5 invasion. We just went in because we didn't like the guy. We invaded that country. Now, fast forward to the war in Ukraine. Vladimir Putin's justification for invading Ukraine was that Ukraine is cozying up to NATO. Ukraine wants to join NATO. NATO's going to let them in. By the way, that's happening now. There's a major push to let Ukraine into NATO. And there's a major push to let Ukraine into the European Union and all the rest of it. And Putin said... We can't tolerate this. We can't have NATO right up on our border, especially in the breadbasket of Europe, Ukraine, because NATO is an aggressive organization that seeks to harm Russia's national interest. Now, all the NATO supporters said, well, that's not true. NATO is a defensive alliance. We're only here to defend ourselves. We would never start a war. We would never aggress. We would never invade without a sufficient predicate for invasion. And then Vladimir Putin can point to Libya. And then Vladimir Putin can point to Iraq. Vladimir Putin can point to Kuwait. Vladimir Putin can point to all sorts of places and say, or Kosovo rather, and say, uh, no, you guys have been aggressors. You guys have been a little more active than you're pretending to have been. And NATO doesn't have very much to say about that. It's a healthy thing to ask every once in a while, are we the baddies? I don't think necessarily we are. You've got to have that healthy sense. And this is why, by the way, the Trump side of the GOP scored. This is why Barack Obama beat Hillary Clinton, because Barack Obama opposed the war in Iraq. Hillary still defended the war in Iraq. There is a a major, not just left or right, it's a populist movement that is reconsidering American foreign policy. And so you've got the many people who are opposed to foreign adventurism versus the elite, who have a lot more political influence than the many. This is why Tucker Carlson, who's the most prominent member, was, until he got fired, was the most prominent populist on cable television. And they fired him probably because he was a little too populist. He's the most popular guy in the history of cable news. He was the one articulating this view. Maybe we shouldn't be engaging in so much foreign adventurism. The vast majority, virtually every other talking head on TV... Is advocating for a major liberal global empire where we're the, constantly invading every country on earth. And then Tucker gets fired. But he, even though he's the most popular guy, that debate is not Republican versus Democrat. That debate is not left versus right. That debate is the many people versus the few elites who have a lot of power. So when you want to take a little bit of power for yourself, reclaim a little bit of power, specifically from those car dealerships, you got to check out Carzing. Right now, go to CarZing.com slash Knowles. Buying a new car can be a stressful experience for everyone, especially if you're a first-time buyer or if you have no credit. Before you walk onto a dealership and spend the entire day with crowds and stress and the potential not even to find the right car, you got to check out CarZing. CarZing is completely changing the way you buy a car online. By partnering with credit agencies, lenders, and over 25,000 dealers nationwide, CarZing provides you with everything you need before stepping foot onto a dealership. Once you find the right car at your ideal budget, all you got to do is bring your saved deal voucher with you to the dealership to finalize your next ride. It's super duper simple. Even if you're not in the market for a new car, you should check out CarZing anyway. Do a little online window shopping, go beyond mirror images, dive deep into each vehicle's specs, features, and performance capabilities. Zoom in on the craftsmanship of the interior. Marvel at the cutting edge technology and admire the meticulous attention to detail that sets these automobiles apart from the rest. Carzing makes the experience faster, cheaper, and less stressful. Go to carzing.com slash Find the deals near you. That is carzing.com slash Knowles. My favorite comment yesterday is from the drummer's workshop, Norm's Music, who says, the woman on that flight, the woman freaking out says, you're not real, you're not real, running off the flight. The woman on that flight reacted the way a Democrat does when they see an American flag. So true. Such... A perspicacious, incisive observation. Very true. Speaking of explosives, Andy No, the great Antifa reporter, like the one guy in the world who's doing work to expose Antifa, he showed me the criminal complaint against the guys who tried to blow me up in Pittsburgh. And I haven't talked too much about this. I, I had a debate at Pittsburgh. Uh, this past semester, I was supposed to d- debate uh, this professor, McCloskey, over uh, gender ideology. And at the last minute, he pulled out of the debate. So Brad Palumbo, libertarian journalist, uh, he comes in and we ended up debating a kind of weaker resolution of a similar debate. And it was great of Brad to pinch hit so that we didn't give the censors and the leftists and the radicals the satisfaction of having shut down our debate. There was a ton of political pressure to shut down this debate. And it was coming from Democrats in the legislature. It was was coming from the administration. It was coming from leftist students. And it was coming from outside agitators and coming from the media also. They're trying to shut down this debate. So I show up to Pittsburgh and there's a protest outside. And you can tell already, it's, it's starting to get a little violent. I go in the back way they're setting the road on fire. They're lighting me on fire in effigy. They had an effigy of me, set it on fire. It was a very very odd thing. First time I've ever noticed myself being burned in effigy. Very very strange. Uh, felt like Guy Fawkes, you know, that's kind of nice, kind of a nice honor. And then we're about to go on stage. As we're walking on stage, boom, there's an explosion. The cops make us go back to the green room. We're holding. We wait a little bit. I say, we're doing this. We're going on. We're not letting these jerks shut it down. Okay, we go on stage. We have the debate. It, it continues to get violent outside. So they're trying to shut down the debate before it ends. We're holding firm. But the minute it ends, we get off the stage and uh, they evacuate us pr- pretty quickly. But we were hearing all these kind of murky reports. We didn't know exactly what was going on. They had to cancel the meet and greet afterward. It's very frustrating because ISI, the group that hosted this debate, spent a lot of money on it. And we had to cancel. A lot of people flew in for it, you know. But we had to cancel it because the, the cops said it's, it's just not safe. Well, I just read this criminal complaint, and you know, it's it's my general rule not to whine about threats and attacks. Unfortunately, we're at a place in our politics where threats and even physical attacks just come with the territory if you're a conservative in public life. And I don't want to I don't want to seem like a wuss or a wimp and whine about it all the time. It comes with the territory these days. It's not right. It's not just. It's just a fact. So we deal with it. But this was a lot more dangerous than than even I previously knew. The uh, criminal complaint here from the DOJ shows that a couple of these anarchists, who are not little kids, 36 years old and 40 years old, this is a married couple, they they flew in. They're from Pittsburgh. They're part of an extremist cell that meets at an anarchist bookshop where they train to fight people, maim people, learn how to kill people, uh, this guy was in Oakland, another radical hub. He set off the TSA detector for explosives, for RDX explosives. And the TSA, classic TSA, they just cleared him and let him get on the plane. But but he, he obviously got a little bit nervous, changes the flight itinerary later on. Uh, sets off the TSA detector again, also for RDX explosives, very serious explosives. And once again, they clear him, they let him get on the plane. At approximately 7.31 p.m., A protester tossed an ignited firework into a group of approximately 12 UPP officers in the rear of the building. The firework exploded, causing injuries to several officers, three of which received on-scene evaluation by paramedics from Pittsburgh Bureau of Emergency Medical Services, one who sought additional care at Forbes- Hospital. Officers reported being burned, bruised, suffering from hearing loss, and possible concussions as a result of the explosion. The device, this is all from the DOJ criminal complaint. The device struck one officer, fell to the ground, and then exploded into flames and debris. The, the uh, anarchists were finally being surveilled, luckily, at this big idea bookstore. I guess this is an anarchist bookshop, 4812 Liberty Avenue, Pittsburgh. Uh the, the the individual, uh, one of the individuals, stated that the speaker event, my event on campus, quote, was not going to happen and passed out various zines, small printed booklets, to meeting participants which instructed on how to make incendiary devices for arson and Molotov cocktails. The whole thing goes on. I would encourage you to uh, read it. Not because of me. I survived. I'm doing great. Luckily, the cops are doing okay, I've got to give credit to the FBI agents here and DOJ, really great of them, especially after we've been so uh, disappointed in recent years to see the FBI turned political by Democrats in office and the DOJ selectively prosecute conservatives, let, let criminal libs off the hook. Really great to see the FBI and the DOJ go after these guys, hold them accountable. The reason that you should consider reading the criminal complaint is because this could happen to you and you just have to be aware of it. And even I, I, I go to 10 campuses a semester sometimes. I am very aware of this. I've been attacked previously in, in public. I didn't realize how serious this was. And but you should know, you should know that if you are a conservative in, in any way in public life, if you're on the school board, if you show up to a meeting, if you have a protest, if you have a sign in your yard, you could be subject to serious violence. And the libs are not just joking around and they don't just want to throw some glitter on you and they don't just want to egg your house. They want to kill you. <laughs> they want to blow you up. They want to kill you. They're dead serious about this. There is a very sinister aspect to, to what's going on here. This is not just regular political fun and games, okay? And I'm not saying that to discourage you from being politically active. Quite the opposite. I'm telling you that we got to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And we've got to protect ourselves because we're up against an enemy here, not just a little political opponent. We're up against an enemy that seeks our destruction, our personal destruction and the destruction of our country. Before we go, there's one one story I want to get to. I meant to get to it just after 4th of July. It's this Ben and Jerry's story. Ben and Jerry's on the 4th of July sent out this tweet. They said, this 4th of July, it's high time we recognize that the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it, learn more, and take action now. Now, what's really funny is Chief Don Stevens, chief of the Nulhegan Band of the Kusuk Abenaki Nation, told the New York Post in an interview that Ben and Jerry's exists on native land. So Ben and Jerry's should lead the charge, obviously, right? Ben and Jerry's should give the land back that their corporation exists on. If you look at the traditional way of being, we're place-based people, he says— Before recognized tribes in the state, we were the ones who were in this place. So you got to give the land back. So obviously, I mean, this is a funny response by this Indian chief, and obviously Ben and Jerry's is totally full of it, and they're hypocrites, and they're never going to give back any land or anything like that. But the claims of of Ben and Jerry's are obviously preposterous, too. The United States does not exist on stolen land. Uh, We're not going to give it back to anybody. If we were inclined to give it back to people, we wouldn't know who to give it to because— The people who we acquire the land from, sometimes through purchase, sometimes through conquest, it's different than stealing. Uh, But those people also acquired the land through conquest from other people. So you you never know. Do you give give land back in the southern part of the US? Do you give it back to the Comanche? I guess we took it from the Comanche. Do you give it back to the Comanche? Do you give it back to the Apache? The Comanche took it from the Apache. Do you give it back to the Apache or do you give it back to the people who the Apache took it from? But it's an um, important reminder. That there's a difference between stealing and conquest. The law of conquest has defined geopolitics for all of human history. That's what war is. Wars begin sometimes for unjust reasons, sometimes for just reasons, uh, sometimes because you've got the interests of people butting up against one another and they're going to fight over it. And then when, when a group is conquered, that's that. And one moves on. This is, the, this is the part of our national anthem that we don't sing about very much anymore. But it's in this great verse. You say, and conquer we must when our cause it is just. And this be our motto, in God is our trust. And as the political order begins to really heat up, and as our opponents become more and more depraved and more and more ambitious, and they start coming for us in ways that are violent, that are extreme, that are totalizing, they want to indoctrinate your children all the way up to they want to reeducate the adults, they want to take your property, they want to upend your way of life. And if you don't go along with it, they want to blow you up with explosives. Someone's going to have to win. Somebody's going to have to win and somebody's going to have to lose. And I think we know which sort of spiritual entities they're putting their trust in. And our, our motto ought to be, in God is our trust. As conquer we must, when our cause it is just. All right. It's Monday. It's Music Monday. So the rest of the show continues now. You don't want to miss it. Become a member and use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.